Are you living your best life as a salesperson or entrepreneur? Or do you find you're working all the time on this hamster wheel of life while stressed out and not financially free, which is the exact opposite of what you had signed up for, especially now in this global pandemic? If this is you, you are not alone. I found myself there in 2008 when I lost everything, including my health, and had to pivot working from home for the first time with no money. I rebuilt my life from scratch, juggling motherhood and marriage to get my life back and be recession and pandemic proof today. Now we live laptop lifestyles with our kids and are poised to travel the world together. How did we do it? Join me as I share my health and wealth and wisdom secrets, tips, tools, and expert interviews to equip you to be recession-proof and live your best life. My name is Lois Kofi, and this is Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Well, all right, all right, all right. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Coach Lois with another live Friday podcast. If you're tuning in live here inside of the Healthy and Wealthy and Wise community, I want to welcome you. So feel free, as always, you know the drill, comment below, hashtag live, and where you are tuning in from. If you're watching the replay, whether it's in YouTube, uh, wherever you find this, please go ahead and comment below, hashtag replay. And if you see value um, today, go ahead during the show or on the replay to hit the share button and share with your community. As always, I have an amazing, amazing guest expert and going to be wowing you with his wisdom and knowledge. So you also have the opportunity over the next 30 minutes to ask questions. So not only hit the share button, but also comment below. So if you haven't already done so, also, if you find this later, we want you inside of my Healthy and Wealthy and Wise Facebook community. So just go to healthyandwealthyandwise.com and you'll actually not only find me there, but about a thousand other go-givers, positive, like-minded people. It's a judgment-free zone who we all are here to cheer one another on, like Prince would say, to get through this thing called life, to have your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our amazing guest today. I actually think it's been three years since I met this man, (laughs) David Rosenberg, who lives here just east of me. In San Diego County, he's a speaker, an author, a podcaster. I was just on his podcast not too long ago with his amazing partner, Darren, and he's like a coach. He's a former naval flight officer, and this is kind of a fun story. If you've ever seen the movie Top Gun, he was goose, but he lived, so <laughs> that's a really good thing. He's led six different companies in the private sector, and he's worked with over 100 companies all over the country. And in fact, I think one of them is in my home city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's 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 created a lot of change um, and leadership and all sorts of other amazing things as their their leader. So um, I want to say hi to Sean Waite, who is actually in Minnesota. He's in the Minneapolis saying hello. He's a fellow sales coach. So you're in for a treat today, Sean. So Dave, why don't we go ahead and share with us, you know, a little bit more about your story and why you do what you do. Sure. No, thank you. And thanks for the introduction. Although I have to say, you know, I, I believe in um, under promising. So I wish you had said I was going to be a boring, you know, lackluster guest this way. I, I, I don't have this high bar I have to meet, meet right now. So, you know, you, you set the bar kind of high. Ah, why I do what I do. So I, I, obviously my story is a 60 year old story and we only have 30 <laughs> minutes. So good point. Uh, I'll try and keep it brief, but I think that why I do what I do is, which is, I think, a great question, can be summed up when I talk about the last company I ran. 
obviously before my current business where I'm a solopreneur, so I, I don't really consider that running a company, although I wear all the hats. I, I was um, brought into a uh, VP of a local moving company here in San Diego. A buddy of mine was the owner of the company. They'd been in business for 10 or some odd years, and he was looking for help to grow and expand the company. And when I started there, our estimator was a gentleman who had a ninth grade education, grew up in Barrio Logan. So for those of you who are not local, that's a not so good neighborhood where the uh, you go to bed to the sound of gunfire. And uh, he had, an, you know, as I said, ninth grade education. So he'd mm. uh, been a mover. And by the time I met him, he had worked his way up through the operations department to now he was doing estimates. He was making $15 an hour plus $25 for every move he booked. And he had zero sales training. Wow. Now, yeah. And, and he was doing okay. You know, he's a, he's a very smart, likable guy and just was, you know, like many salespeople, just living off charisma and uh, do, doing pretty good on that. And I, I believe salespeople should eat what they kill. and They should participate in their own success and... Like overtime to me is anathema with when it comes to salespeople. If they're really good and they can do their job in 20 hours a week, let them do their job in 20 hours a week. Mm. And if, um, you know, they have to work harder, they have to work harder. So I approached him with a new comp plan that was 100% commission. And I said to him, hey, I think this is a better way for you. Mm. You know, and frankly, he didn't trust me. I, I was pretty new there. I was new in leadership there. He had no idea what I was about or who I was about. And what he knew was you trade time for dollars, mm. right? We Many people know that. And he couldn't understand in his mind why he would give up getting paid for every hour he worked. I wasn't about to force this on him. Uh, I knew that would have a negative effect. So we just let it go. And I continued, I started working with him on his sales. Fast forward a year. We sit down, I go, I want to talk. And at this point, we had a track record. He, he understood the changes I was making were all for everybody and the company's benefit. And we were we were doing really well. We had, we had grown a lot. And I sat down with his W-2 and I said, mm. here's what you made last year. And it wasn't bad. I mean, he made uh, uh, yeah, $60,000, $70,000, you know, somewhere in that range, you know, for, you know, that's that's not bad at 15 bucks an hour. He was working his tail off for it. Mm. He spent a lot of long hours. He had overtime, but, you know, it was, it was half decent. And then I showed him what he left on the table had he made the change I had suggested a year ago. Ooh. It was two-thirds of his take-home. Or not take-home, of his gross. That was significant. He gave up a six-figure compensation. Wow. Yeah, at this point, his eyes go wide. And as I said, he trusted me. And he said, yeah, I'll let's make the change. Fast forward two years. The company is sold. As senior management typically does, I was, you know, moved out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing something else. And Father's Day 2014 come around. And I get a text from Carla. Just said his name. I get a text from him. And he, he knows I tell this story all the time. So you he's have okay permission, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I get a text from him and, I, and it says some, just simply happy Father's Day. And I'm like, wow, I appreciate that, but I don't have any children. You know that. 
Mm. His response is why I do what I do. He said, you've been like a father to me. Mm. I had always felt like I was missing out not having kids. Mm. You know, that legacy Mm. to raise good adults who are going to help drive the ball forward and make this world even better. Mm. And that's when I realized I didn't miss out. That as a leader, I had the ability to affect others. And by extension, even more people. Because his son was in private school at that point, Mm. right? Today, and we stay in touch. He just called me a couple of weeks ago just to check in. Today, he owns his own moving company. He is killing it. And so my passion is just that. If I can reach 50,000 managers and turn them into real leaders and help them transform their teams Mm. so that they are truly inspired and love what they do, Mm. not only does it help the businesses I'm working with, not only does it help the leaders I'm working with, not only does it help their team members who they are working with, but by extension, Mm. their family, their friends, every aspect of their life. Mm. And that ripple effect is huge. And that's what gets me going every morning. I love that. I knew that about you, your energy when I first met you at that BNI meeting and, and you were the visitor host, I think. I don't know if you remember that day, sure. but I still remember that day because you were so calm and you were guiding us in, in what could have technically, right? It, technically, you were like the closer <laughs> in that in that transaction, so to speak. But uh, it was it was uh, it was impactful. And I you, you made me think of um, a quote from John Maxwell, who, of course, is like the, the father of leadership. You know, a leader of one is a leader of many. If you can't lead one, you can't lead any. And I'd, I'd love for you because I've got to imagine um, things have shifted in your business since the pandemic. And I think a lot of people I'm just making a, a guess from what I've seen in my coaching business. There's a lot of people who feel lost who feel like they, they, they're juggling all the things, they, they don't know where to begin. How do you lead yourself when this pandemic has probably impacted all areas of your life, including your clients, including your family, friends, et cetera? What have you seen different? I, I think the biggest challenge that people are facing um, is really not different. It's just a different application, which is how do we engage people when they're working remotely? And it really comes down to a true understanding of what, in in my estimation, what real leadership is. If you think about the history of human beings, uh, Homo sapiens has been around for approximately 300,000 years. Mm -hmm. I want to give some perspective here. Civilization, which is defined as the creation of of permanent towns and dwellings, right? And when we stop being nomadic, that's the beginning of civilization, Mm -hmm. which only occurred when we developed agriculture, is only 12 thousand years old. So well, that's a very small percentage. I think it's uh, um, 3% of our entire history of human beings. Wow. But even once civilization started, we still lived in a scarcity environment where we had to worry about what we did in the summer to make it through the winter. Mm. We had a plan ahead. Mm. And that only ended about 250 years ago for first world countries with the advent of the uh, industrial res- revolution. There are still many places in the world today that that still live in, in scarcity. But for those of us fortunate to be in first world, only in the last 250 years have we stopped having to worry about making it through the winter. The reason that's important is it's baked into our DNA that our number 
one imperative is to survive. Mm. And so we've historically always chosen leaders who have increased our chance of survival. What's going on today is people don't know how to do that. They don't know under, they don't understand that the pandemic, they, they, I shouldn't say they don't understand. They don't understand how this impacts leadership. They know that the pandemic has put people in fear and on edge, mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. right? But Maslow in his hierarchy of needs, which is really about survival, talked about there that safety and security. Mm-hmm. And so leaders need to understand and address that and get people. So the goal of leadership, in my estimate, is to create self-actualized individuals, people mm-hmm. who are ignited by the work they are doing. And that's how we get people excited. And so the pandemic has brought us down to that safety and security level. Mm. And what we need to do is meet those needs, make them still feel part of the team, right? The love and belonging, which is the next need above that. Mm. That's more difficult because we're remote, Mm. right? Then make sure they're still felt, they feel the esteem that is required in order to achieve self-actualization. Oh, I love it. You're talking about self-actualization and I wore my my meditation shirt. I don't know if you can see it. This is living in the now as opposed to the past, the future. <laughs> I know. I thought it was just me on a hammock on a Sunday afternoon. But. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be. It's it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> but that reminds me of just how much I slowed down last year. I also saw a lot of people start doing that reflection. And I, I wanted to give a shout out. We have guests from all over the world. So really quickly, uh, Sean was a fellow Navy alumni. So he wanted to, to share that with you. So he's excited. And Helen from Hong Kong um, talking about, yeah, 100%, you can contribute like a parent without the person being your child. And then Adil, who is in Pakistan. So just wanted to give you guys a shout out and thank you guys for being here. And if you're just joining us, remember to comment below where you're tuning in from. And, and if you have questions for Dave, we got about another just under 20 minutes to go. So feel free to to chime in with questions. Um, how does someone, if you were to give like the three best tips, maybe you talk about it in your book, uh, on your podcast, is there like quick and easy tips, <laughs> maybe easy isn't the right word, for that self-actualization process? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it actually is pretty simple. Um, first, we need to create an environment of safety and security. Right. So I'll, I'm just going to walk us through the four four levels of Maslow's hierarchy below. OK, and this is, in effect, what the you know 200 pages of my book covers. Right. So we meet we meet the physiological need, the lowest need, simply by hiring somebody. Mm. Right. So that's how we that's how we put food and you know, food on the table. Right. That's how we we make sure that people can breathe, eat, drink. That doesn't mean you just hire anybody. In fact, you know, uh, Stephen, Dr. Stephen Covey, start with the end of mind. If we want people who are going to be self-actualized, we need to hire people that at least have the opportunity, who are excited about our purpose and who share our values, because values are how we make decisions, Mm -hmm. so that when we open the door for them to self-actualization, they don't seek to go elsewhere. Now, if they do, because we're not 100% in in our hiring, right, that's great. Support them on that. Do not be one of those people who says, oh, no, 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 no. I spent all this time investing in you and now you want to go elsewhere, right? Be outward, be caring and and support them in that because you don't want them on your team anyway if they're not that happy, Mm. right? So, so, so move on. But that's number one, right? So that, that meets that need. Safety and security. Obviously there's the 
physical safety aspect, right? OSHA, what I call it. And, and we make sure people are safe if the job is a dangerous job. Roofers, one of the most dangerous jobs in the country, right? Make sure people are trained and all of that. But it goes beyond that. Train them in how to do their job correctly. Formal training, not, not follow me around, right? Have written standards and procedures, have clear, accurate job descriptions. So you tell people what is expected of them, right? Mm. Have solid metrics so they know how much of it is expected. So this way people know what the minimum requirements are and they will rise above that. That sets the basement, all right? And then train them so you're setting people up for success and give them clear direction and how they can advance in your company by having defined career paths. Now, it doesn't have to be cut in stone, but at least let them know what it takes to move up. For example, in that moving company, we instituted a policy that if you wanted to move off the truck and, and do bigger things, you need to first qualify as a lead mover. We had trouble getting people to take responsibility for the move, being a lead mover, until we did this because people saw it as a job. The moment we said, this is your pathway upwards. Dangling carrot, yeah. People saw it as a career. Mm. And then they started fighting for that position. Mm. And then we got to choose the best instead of just begging people, right? It's a totally different dynamic. Mm. So that creates that safety and security need because people now have job security. They know what's required of them to keep their job. It takes that pressure away because now they can self-regulate. Now we need to create a sense of love and belonging, mm. right? We do that by creating a culture, by purpose-driven culture, by celebrating your values and your purpose and passion. Mm. You put that in every document, every formal document, every procedure needs to, in my opinion, um, reflect what are the values that the procedure reinforces, right? Or how does this advance your purpose and passion as a company, and then talk about that and celebrate that. Finally, you need to hold people accountable or you need to create esteem by recognizing the behaviors you want repeated and holding people accountable to the behaviors that you want to cease and stop mm. and do it in a loving, caring way where it's about them, not about you. And when you hold people in esteem like that, right, we only... Think about, we only hold people accountable that we feel are capable. So if you get afraid to hold somebody accountable, what you're really saying is you're not capable. Yeah, accountability is ownership. I know having been a personal trainer and, and a coach, some people think accountability is a swear word. And I love how you said it's holding someone capable. Um, I see your question, Sean. I want to get that. I uh, get to that after I just just also maybe if you if you can duplicate what you just did. As for people like in my community, most people don't work for companies. They're entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. Um, they're 100% commission sales. Maybe they have a network marketing team. So I can see some parallels when they're recruiting their their sales team members. But how would you take Maslow's needs when you know people are are on their own? Sure. Well, again, just apply it to yourself. Okay. Right. So so every single step of the way. So, for example, I'm on my own. When I create a new process, for example, when I started my podcast, right, and, and produce it myself, because typically what we do is we do things, we're solopreneurs, we do it ourselves until we get enough um, resources that, to outsource, right? I write down every procedure, even though I'm the one doing it. 
So six months, no, probably a year ago now, I was doing vlogs and I produced my own. I wrote down a procedure. Now, I don't do them every week like I used to. In fact, I do them rarely now. But the beauty is I can go pick up my procedure and know exactly how to produce that vlog, right? I have procedures for how I make my phone calls, how I use my CRM, as if I am working for me. And it takes that pressure off because now I know what activities I need to engage mm -hmm. in, which creates that sense of safety and security, mm. right? Because it's not wondering, what do I do now, right? It's like, oh, I know exactly what to do, just like I work for me. Structure and, and, and uh, systematic approaches always save you time and energy. Right. And as important, because those are hugely important, it saves you aggravation, the mental, right? So your t-shirt, think about what, what your t-shirt really means, right? Be in the now. What's so important about being in the now? Because stress doesn't exist in the moment. Uh, you know, Sean mentioned he's also a martial artist. Years ago, I had to do a talk uh, when I was in college uh, and, you know, they had a, it was a communication class. And, and so I'm like, what am I going to do? This is obviously before I was a professional speaker. And I thought I'm going to do something on why is it that martial arts, which is developed for combat in life and death situations, creates that sense of peace and serenity? Mm. Doesn't that seem a little counterintuitive? Um, counterintuitive? But what I realized is when I was fighting, and obviously I wasn't fighting for life and death. This is sport at this point. But when I was fighting, I was most effective when I lived in the moment, when I didn't anticipate what was going to happen or worry about the point that I just took because, you know, I missed a block or something, but I was just focused. It's sort of focused and not focused in that moment, in that zone that all athletes mm. are aware of, right? Where you're just reacting. There's no stress in the moment. The stress comes from thinking about what happened in the past or thinking about what is going to happen in the future. But if you are right here, right now, centered, right now, you realize that I am fine. There's no stress. Mm -hmm. So that is when you can do that for yourself. Now you create that sense of love and belonging, right? Plus celebrate your wins. Take, we get so focused on looking ahead and what we haven't achieved yet. Mm -hmm. We fail to look in our rearview mirror and see how far we've come. Yeah, it's so easy to focus on the negative. I think we're conditioned to that. That that living in in fear uh, is is very you know keeping up with the Joneses comparison syndrome. It all kind of goes together instead of just focusing on your your own brilliance. Um, uh, Sean has a question: How do you think your military leadership experience has helped or hindered the civilian aspect of training and leading? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the great things about the military was you got a ton of leadership, uh, not just experience, but you got a ton of leadership training. But frankly, the reason I ended up creating the Locked On Leadership System is there was no leadership system. So you get a bunch of disparate um, theory. Now, the, the value is in the military and the Navy especially, but I'm, I know this is true in all the branches, your leadership, the people you work for, changes every, every 18 months you get a new boss. Now, you are also changing your jobs, your commands, uh, about every two to three years. So you're seeing a lot of bosses in, in a short period of time. 
in my just under seven years, I went, you know, I got out as a lieutenant in 03. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the Navy, right, the equivalent to a captain in every other branch. And in that seven-year period, I probably had five, six bosses. Mm-hmm. I, I could count them, but I had a lot of bosses. I had a lot of commanders who, who were in charge of me. So I saw a lot of different leadership styles. Then when you talk about department heads and other subordinate leaders, right, it's there's a lot of people that you can uh, experience and then take what you want out of it. So that's the plus, right? Um, From a minus perspective, I really didn't get any negatives. I just picked what I needed to do and and did it. Um, As a civilian, I came out and I realized a lot of the structure that was in place in the military didn't exist. Um, There was no written procedures, there was no formal training, and I was working in small businesses at this time. And so I I just, I, and it wasn't so much by like, oh, I'm brilliant, I'm going to do this. It was more like, well, this is what I know, and it works. Why isn't there a written policy or procedure? And I started writing stuff down, <laughs> and that's how I stumbled upon the value of formal training and written procedures. Ugh. I love that. You just said some of my favorite words and I'm weird. So I have right here, this is, I call my daily compass and I write down everything I'm going to do that day and, and uh, like carry it around, you know, uh, even more than my phone, right? Cause the phone distracts me and creates all sorts of potential self-sabotage things. So I, I'm sure you talk about that too in leadership um, with people because there are a lot of personal distractions and then technology distractions. You got social media distractions. Do you ever talk about that or coach on that? You know, typically no. Um, Candidly, it's just, um, I I guess for me, um, we do, I think what we know, and I don't find those things distracting at this point in my life. Um, I, I love technology. We talked about this, you know, in the pre-show. I'm, I'm a geek. I say that with pride. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't have manual. I shouldn't say that. I have a notebook here where I scratch notes down real fast, but it's nothing I, I typically go back and refer to. The act of physically writing something longhand helps your brain remember it more and creates neural pathways. Yes. But from a, a historic perspective, so I can refer to notes. I use a CRM. It's online. It's accessible anywhere. Uh, and and that's my Bible. That's my, God, if, if that disappeared tomorrow, I'd be lost. Um, <laughs> I know you and I, um, even though I know you mentioned something about your age, I'm, I'm 43 and I'm so grateful, so grateful that I got into sales 22 years ago. And immediately my coach said, uh, you need a CRM, you need your prospecting tracking sheets, sheets, paper, pen to paper mm-hmm. tracking. And I, I was programmed right away because now I see a lot of salespeople who they struggle with that. And it, like you said, if you don't have that system, um, it can be a huge time waster. I'd love for you to share um, you why did you choose the name Locked On Leadership? And just so you guys know, I've, I've been having LockedOnLeadership.com on the screen here, if you're listening to this on iTunes later, um, what can they find at that website? And then I'd love for you to tell them about your free 30-minute coaching session as well. Sure. So let's start the first question, the name. In fighter aviation, that's I, I flew fighters, as you mentioned in the introduction. I was goose, but I lived. I, F-14 Tomcat made famous by Top Gun, the greatest aircraft ever designed, even if it was designed in the 60s and had a computer that wasn't as powerful as your Commodore 64 you had growing up. We still had a lot of fun in that aircraft. Um, but 
when you're searching for contacts, right, you're in search mode, the aircraft, the radar can see a lot of different images. And then before you prosecute a bogey, you need to put all the radar energy on that one uh, contact that you're going to prosecute because the, ref the, the missile needs that in order to home in on it. And so that's called locking on. And when you're, when you're locked on, they call it single tar target track mode. All your energy is focused on that mm. bogey. I want people who are locked on leaders, all of their energy is focused on leadership. Mm. You understand that as leaders, we get our team to do the heavy lifting for us, mm. right? The team is what, who, who's responsible for driving the company forward, for making things happen. And if you focus your energy on leadership, you don't have to do all the work yourself. And it frees up your time to do the strategic work that's really your what your job your genius. is. Yeah, I love that. Elevate and delegate. Yeah, rely on the team. I love it. I love it. And what what will they experience uh, with your 30 minutes of free coaching, which, by the way, guys, I put that link. Um, it'll be in the show notes. You can go to briefing.lockedonleadership.com. But what what are you giving away there today, Dave? Yeah, so it's really you tell me uh, if you if when you schedule that I'm going to ask you what is the one issue you want to focus on and we're going to we're going to work on it and figure out why that's an issue and what we could do, you know, to help you with that. And candidly frequently the issue that people talk about or ask about isn't the real issue. It's in many senses it's, it's just like um a counseling where we think we know what the problem is, we're really talking about is a symptom and you can't fix something if you're not truly aware of it. So we're going to dig deep and figure out what is the real challenge, and then we can come up with what a solution may be. I love it. I love it. I love it. So guys, um, please take advantage. I've got one more question for you, um, Dave, to bring it home. And I do have one announcement, but please guys take advantage of that free offer. As you heard today, this is really, really powerful. I mean, leadership is been around for a long time, but he hit on some really powerful components today. So if you're struggling in that area, um, please take advantage of that. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, if anybody has been paying attention to my emails, uh, next week, Tuesday, um, I have partnered with some seven-figure mentors who are, are helping coaches get to seven figures in two years or less. And I'm, I'm going to be part of their program now. So I'm inviting People out there who are coaches who are wanting to get to that next level, especially in this online new normal where you're not able to maybe meet people face to face, belly to belly. We're going to talk about um, that over a three hour masterclass. So the link is on the screen right now, bit.ly forward slash masterclass with Ike. Ike is the main presenter. So that's why it's masterclass with Ike. If you have questions about that, go to that link or reach out to me. Um, directly. And then next week, Friday, um, we actually have not one, but two amazing episodes. The first one's going to be with Michael Whitehouse, who's a coach and a client of mine from the East Coast. He's going to be talking about his virtual summit experience. And we have that coming up in May. And then of course, probably one of my biggest episodes ever here on Healthy and Wealthy and Wise with Matt McWilliams. He's the affiliate guy. He's going to be two and a half hours later after Michael, special edition. And he went from really, really struggling in business um, to making over $12 million in 18 months through affiliate marketing. So if you don't know what that is, tune in next week. So I'm going to go ahead and close it out with you, Dave. Everybody 
I have on the show gets the same question. So when you hear the phrase healthy and wealthy and wise, what does that mean for you? Uh, great question. For me, healthy and wealthy wise is pretty simple. We want to make sure we are physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually healthy, right? In balance, all in alignment and true to ourselves, which it's really what I call integrity. And when mm -hmm. that happens, when we're able to achieve that or as we approach it, because it may be an asymptotic relationship, you never fully 100% achieve, right? There's always little imbalances in our life. Mm -hmm recognizing that, by the way, I think is part of being healthy is understanding and living through those and not mm -hmm. fighting those and just figuring out how, okay, you know, this is just one of those times you can't experience as highs without lows. But when, as we achieve that, we become truly wealthy, right? Not, not financially wealthy, but wealthy in spirit, wealthy in heart, wealthy in, in everything. And that's wisdom, right? That's understanding that that is wisdom. The financial wealth will only come once we have all of those pieces in place and we're able to give back to the world. Oh, that was awesome. I love it. Every guest um, always touches my heart with uh, what that means for you. Cause I know it has a, a lot of depth and meaning for me. Well, guys, that's our show today. Please, please hit the share button. Uh, again, another powerful message. And if you're not already inside of my healthy and wealthy and wise community, where you can actually meet Dave himself and all of my amazing guest speakers, please go to healthyandwealthyandwise.com and you'll find how to join the group there. So until next time, guys, here's to your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at lois at loiskofi.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.